Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Elizabeth Talbot. And I'm Mike Tucker. My friend told the story of how his father identified with the kids and everything they went through, you know, from broken hearts to broken legs, anything that happened to them. He's, I, I had that happen to me, you know. So he could identify with them and with the pain and the disappointment they were going through. He did that right up until Wayne's sister, and Wayne is the man who, who told the story, his sister had her first child. <laughs> and then he said, I can no longer say that. And he quit saying it altogether. He was done. Yeah, he could no longer <laughs> identify with that That's because, right. you know... I have heard men trying to identify with the pain of giving birth, and yeah. actually they sound ridiculous when oh, they say, yeah. well, I, you know, I had this little problem. Yeah, <laughs> It's like, yeah. no, you have no idea. Yeah, no, Women laugh you to scorn if you try to identify <laughs> with that pain, and so I, I don't even try. I, I've been married long enough to know that. To know that. You yeah. don't go there. Uh, this week, we are looking at five different passages in the New Testament that are not in the Gospels, which explain the need for the birth of Christ and the theological view of why Jesus had to be born. And today we're actually working with the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews is a very interesting book because it shows the developmental superiority of God's revelation in Jesus. It says that there were many times in the past in the Old Testament that God revealed himself. But when Jesus Christ comes, then we see the full revelation of God's glory. And, you know, God did attempt to reveal himself through many different ways through the past, through the through the, the words of prophets, through, through his, the law, through the law, through his indwelling there in the in the temple with the Shekinah glory. Mm-hmm. But the very best way with Jesus, and we start off with the book of Hebrews with this statement, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets and in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature, yeah. upholds all things by the word of his power. Yeah, here we have it. See, the, the whole book of Hebrews starts by saying what it is intending to do. Mm-hmm. It's trying to show that God revealed himself in many ways, but when we look at Jesus, we have the full radiance of who God is, the very nature of who He is, because He is God. He so is when God we, Himself. I mean, who can reveal God better than God? And so that's what Jesus does. He is by far the superior revelation. Now, one of the questions that this book tries to answer is, what was the relationship of the Old Testament with the New Testament? How do all the different revelations that we have in the Old Testament come to fulfillment in Jesus Christ? And one of those questions is, why did Jesus have to become human? Could mm-hmm. he uh, not save us from heaven? I mean, why do we need Christmas? Why didn't uh, God come? What's the whole purpose of the incarnation, yeah, yeah. the crucifixion? Why, he... why, why in the first place? Why did this happen? Well, not only that, but why didn't he just show up for the weekend of the crucifixion? Yeah. I mean, he yeah. could have come and just be God crucified and go home. Why, why do we have the Christmas story at all? Yes. Born in a manger? You know, wh- Absolutely. why? Why? Yeah. And so in chapter 2 of Hebrews, uh, starting with verse 9, the author tries to talk about the time when Jesus is now being made lower than the angels because he has already said that man is made a little lower than the angels right mm-hmm. before that. But then Jesus becomes a man and he becomes lower than the angels uh, while he is a human being. 
And remember, angels are created beings. There's a lot of work today and a lot of stuff glorifying angels, and mm-hmm. certainly they are God's messengers, mm-hmm. but they are created beings. They are nothing uh, like, when it comes to God. Yes, you correct. Know? And, and so, so this is a big problem now. It seems that God has stepped down in such a way that he now himself is lower than the angels. Right. And why would that be so? So we're just going to start with uh, verses 9 and 10, and then we're going to jump into the part where he says why he had to be human. But we do see him who was made for a little while lower than the angels, namely Jesus, because of the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. So this is the first clue. Somehow he was going to uh, be born to die, and in dying, he will represent all of us, for everyone. This is a representative life, representing all of mankind, all of fallen mankind. He had to be like us to represent us. Yes, and it says in verse 11, both he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified are all from one father, for which reason he's not ashamed to call them brethren. So Mm -hmm. all of a sudden now we are brothers of Jesus. We are of the same kind. He's human like us. But then from rebels to to brothers, that is quite a transition. Yes, yes. Rebels to brothers, and that's that's uh, the the change that the incarnation has made for us. Yeah, and verse 14 starts specifically addressing the question, why did he have to be human? Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook uh, of the same, that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is, the devil. And look what it says on verse 15. And might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery of all their lives. Talk Hmm. about being a slave to fear of dying. I mean, I look around and all human beings are afraid of dying. You know, and Jesus says, no, look, I'm going to conquer death for good on your behalf. And so here comes the actual concept of him actually being our representative in front of God. And this and, is... and in doing so, conquering death. And what you said earlier about the fear of death that most human beings have, mm-hmm. I've worked as a hospice and a hospital wow. chaplain. I've attended over 500 deaths. And I have seen that fear in the eyes of men and women facing death. I've also seen a contrast, and that is men and women whose trust was in Christ, not having any fear as they face this. Uh, the, the contrast is unique. It is amazing. We don't all die the same way. Mm -hmm. And the difference is Jesus, who has conquered death for us. When we are in him, it changes our attitude about death. That's a great thought, Mike, because I, as a pastor, also have been in funerals Mm -hmm. where people actually have a hope and where people are hopeless. Yes. And it's a a huge difference. There's a huge difference. And before we go to verse 17, we're going to explain to us why Jesus had to be human. We want to remind you of um, a particular day in the times of Israel that was called the Day of Atonement. You can read all about it in Leviticus chapter 16. This uh, happened once a year in which a very special person was the only one allowed in the very presence of God, which was the most holy place that was entered into only this one time a year by this one person. And this one person was the high priest. You can read the whole chapter at home, um, but verse 30 tells us um, what it was about, what was happening that day. For it is on this day that atonement shall be made for you to cleanse you. You will be clean from all your sins before the Lord. Now, this was a very interesting day. Um, It was a day of blood. (laughs) Yes. uh, Tell us a little bit about it. Uh, It was on that day that the high priest would take blood into the most holy place. One day a year when the high priest would enter the most holy place of the uh, earthly 
a sanctuary. That's the only time anyone entered that uh, on that day. And only the high priest, he would take blood and he would sprinkle it over the mercy seat, which represented the seat of God, uh, his throne, his judgment on earth. And as he would sprinkle that, that represented, of course, the blood of Jesus covering our sins. And once that was done, the camp was declared clean of their sins. They were atoned for. Atonement had been made. You know, it's very interesting to me, this whole day of atonement. Take a moment to read it in your Bibles at home, Leviticus 16. You know, the high priest was also human, so he had to, when he entered, offer a sacrifice for his own sins, because if he entered the presence of God, he himself was sinful. So he had to offer a sacrifice for his own sins and then go back and get another sacrifice for the Mm -hmm. sins of the people, because he would do this in behalf of the people, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. But Jesus, not being sinful, didn't need a sacrifice for his sins, because he had no sin. He, He not only was the priest, but he also became the sacrifice himself, because he was the lamb without blemish. And this is one of the main premises of the book of Hebrews, that if Jesus was going to be our high priest, if in fact he's going to come in in the presence of God on our behalf, he had to be one of us. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, Instead of offering a sacrifice, somebody else's blood, he would offer himself. So this is where it stops, like your example at the beginning of the broadcast. He can be like us, except to the point where he is the sacrifice. He's no longer like a high priest, but he offers his own blood on our behalf. And that is what allows us in the presence of God. And only Jesus could do this because he owes his life to no one. Having never been created, being God himself, he's the only one who really owns his life. And so he could offer it for us. He identified with us becoming human and then offered himself as a sacrifice because he owned his own life. That is exactly right. We want to read those two verses, Mike, where it says Verse 17, therefore he had to be uh, made like his brethren in all things so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For since he himself was tempted in that which he has suffered, he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. Isn't it incredible that Jesus really understands us because he is one of us? I mean, doesn't that give you a great sense of confidence? in this Christmas season? God became us. That means he understands what it's like to be tempted. He understands what it's like to feel the lure of something else and to, to feel the weakness that we have. He understands that. He understands what you're going through right now. But then he took the role of the high priest of the human race mm-hmm. and offered himself as a sacrifice. I mean, the visualizations of the Old Testament are amazing. Oh, yeah. He comes in the very presence of God. He is the high priest that is human and divine. Therefore, he can offer his own sacrifice in behalf of all these people. But, I mean, we're not talking to a God that is distant and doesn't know anything about us. We are talking to a God that joined us and became one of us and knows us, uh, you know, dearly. He he identified with us completely, Hmm. laying everything else aside. He stripped himself of everything else so that he could identify with you, identify with me, to know what it's like to live in our shoes. In this Christmas season, you may know that Jesus is the merciful and faithful high priest. He intercedes for you. He knows you. He's one of us. He's for us. He's not against us. He is not against us, and he has made provision for your sin. His sacrifice means that you can be reconciled to the Father, sins forgiven, clean. That's what Christmas tells us. Jesus made propitiation, a cleansing for your sins. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. Like us on Facebook 
at facebook.com forward slash Jesus 101 Institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus 101 Media. Until next time, live free.